Hey, hoop ballers, are you into sports betting? Do you want to know why a certain game has a funky line? Well, HoopBall has you covered. Today in sports betting is a great addition to all your handicapping questions with hosts Ira Silver and Devin Ellington. We break down game lines and future bets on all sports and try to make some money along the way. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallGaming, at Ira Silver Magic, and at D-A-L-E-007. And download Today in Sports Betting in the App Store, Google Play, and available on Spotify. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Halfway to the goal at hand of getting to the NBA Finals, and man, that was a close one for our beloved LA Lakers, thanks to an amazing buzzer beating. Mamba-like three-pointer from Anthony Davis, and despite a 2-0 series lead, these Denver Nuggets are not going to go away as quietly as it seemed like they would from Game 1 or even the first half of Game 2. How is everyone out there doing, wherever you are at? I'm your host, JC DeLeon. For this edition of Hoopball Lakers, you can find me on Twitter at jcdeleon1. It's also my Instagram handle. And holding the reins solo on this one, I'm going to go over the box score of Game 2 and see exactly... What happened in the second half that almost, just almost, turned disastrous for our boys? To look at Twitter and to look at the box score, I think, are two completely different things. If you were to look at Twitter after the game, once you sorted through all the talk about Anthony Davis's buzzer beater, you would see a lot of disparaging talk about Danny Green. Now, Danny Green has been the subject of a lot of our criticism here at Football Lakers. Uh, and he didn't play an outstanding game last night but his is the first stat line I did want to look at in the box score because yeah I think criticism of him is maybe a little bit unfair for last night now he did shoot 4 for 14 3 for 10 from 3 that is not ideal but he did have tied with Dwight Howard the best plus minus of the night of plus 10 so I think defensively Danny Green's doing his job and you can't be upset or mad when he's producing like that defensively. He, he as, all of, as all of Frank Vogel's pupils tend to do, Danny Green does do a lot of the defensive things that don't show up on a stat sheet. Although on this game, he did have one steal, one block. Three steals, one block. I'm sorry. Three steals. So, yeah, defensively, Danny Green's doing his job, and that's really all you can ask of him. You'd, you'd like him to shoot a little bit better from three and... I mean, perhaps Denver is giving him all those opportunities for a reason, but at the same time, I mean, 3 for 10 is definitely not ideal. If he had been 4 for 10, 40%, that's really what you kind of ask for. All those six mysteries is kind of a lot. But Danny Green's making the most of his opportunities, and I think he's doing a pretty good job. And last night with 11 points and also five rebounds to throw to throw in with those three steals and one block, 
I feel like Danny Green played a pretty solid game last night. Any criticism of him last night is a little bit unfair. Although, try not to miss 10 shots next game, Danny Green. Uh, quickly mentioned Dwight Howard also having the highest plus minus of plus 10. Now, he put up similar numbers to JaVale McGee. They both played, well, Dwight Howard played 13 minutes to JaVale's 12. They both made one field goal. They both scored three points. Dwight Howard had two rebounds, zero blocks, one steal, five fouls. JaVale had five rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, only two fouls. In the debate over who should start versus in, in center versus these Denver Nuggets, JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, while Dwight has been somewhat effective on Nikola Jokic, all, all, all bubble, all season long, Dwight Howard has been in foul trouble for whatever reason. He just cannot, and it's kind of been a problem with him all season and maybe kind of his, his career a little bit. Uh, he cannot stay out of foul trouble. He, come, he comes off the bench last night. He's being really energetic. He's talking a lot of trash. He's being extremely physical. The fact that he had such a high foul game isn't all that surprising. I felt like he needed to rein it in a little bit right before he got called for a technical foul. At one point, I knew it was coming just because of the way he had been acting. And he wasn't acting bad per se, but given given his history and given where his career was before he had this resurgence with the Lakers, yeah, I felt like he needed to be reined in a little bit. And I also have, I also tend to... The teams that talk the most trash are the teams that you can tell their focus is getting away from the game a little bit. They're focusing a little bit too much on how much fun they're having beating their opponent. Um, I feel like that needs to be reined in a little bit. I feel like karmically that's not not a good thing. I think you look at the you know you look at the Clippers and how they were focused on the Lakers so much all season. I, I feel like that can just lead to bad things. Like focus on the task at hand. You could trash talk a little bit. This is basketball, of course, but yeah, try to try to try to rein that in. Um, but yeah, for in the debate, Javale versus Dwight, I still say you start Javale and let Dwight come off the bench because I feel like he enjoys that role. I feel like if you start Dwight, he's going to get in foul trouble too early, and it doesn't seem as though relying on Javale McGee later in the game versus Dwight seems to be the recipe for success. I say you start JaVale and towards the end of the game, if you still need that big, that's where you got Dwight. Game one, Contavious Caldwell Pope had an extremely good game and in this game he had a, he had a really solid and super efficient game, which is really kinda the game two that you want from, from KCP. He had eighteen in the first game, outstanding. Way more than you expected out of him. This game, he had 31 points, shot three for six. Those three field goals were three three-pointers. Uh, finished with 11 points overall, one block, one steal, two rebounds, but did a lot defensively. And, yeah, fantastic game for KCP despite the negative two uh, plus minus. Now, it should be noted that almost every Laker had a negative plus minus with the exception of We've talked about Danny Green and Dwight Howard. Rondo was a plus six. 
and Anthony Davis was a plus eight. So at negative two, KCP wasn't necessarily bad defensively. He was just kind of in there when the Nuggets were were kind of hot. But yeah, really solid game for KCP. Need more of this. Just efficient shooting, double digits, get a couple rebounds, sister two, get a steal, get a block. Outstanding game for KCP. We'll get to the other starters in a little bit, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I like to save them towards the end of all the box score analysis. So one of the things that jumps off off the bat when you look at the bench only and you think of how well he's played throughout the entire series, uh, didn't put up a shot, only grabbed one rebound, one assist, played nine minutes, Markeith Morris. Now you got to figure in nine minutes, Markeith can find somewhere, some way, somehow, somewhere, some way to put up shot, and he didn't in nine minutes. But as well as he's been playing throughout the season, I feel like you've got to give him more than nine minutes. Now a lot of people, especially on Twitter, and this is kind of why you shouldn't go by what people on Twitter say necessarily, but a lot of people were saying the sub. Danny Green's minutes for Marquise Morris. So the problem with that is Marquise Morris is pretty much a true power forward. So you're not going to sub him into into two guard minutes, unless of course you're kind of inserting LeBron into that two guard, which you can do. But but I digress. Yeah, Marquise Morris, you, you've got to find a you've got to find a way to insert him a little bit more than nine minutes now. I get it with this Denver team. It's kind of hard because this Denver team is a big team. You're going to have more minutes from JaVale and Dwight, and so that is kind of going to kind of limit Marquise's numbers a little bit, but you just got to find a way to insert him more. And despite nine minutes, Rondo, Caruso, LeBron, they've got to find a way to get Marquise a little bit more involved. And so that's a little bit on them, a little bit on Marquise because he didn't find he's, – he's been good at getting himself open to where – those passes will be seen by either Rondo or LeBron. So it's a little bit on Markeith too. But yeah, I watched the entire game and despite those nine minutes, I didn't think Markeith played at all. And that's not a good thing. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, one of the next next to Caruso, probably the more important one of the more important bench players of this team. We talked I talked about last game how every the sixth man for the Lakers, it seems to change on a night-by-night basis. And in Game 1, it did kind of seem to be Dwight with 13 points off the bench. And this one with 9 points off the bench was definitely Caruso. Caruso was was our guy. Um, 29 points, 3 for 6 from field goal, made a 3, shot 1 for 4 from 3. He definitely he needs to find a way to improve that 3-point shot. He, he was a good 3-point shooter last year. I don't know what's going on this year, but... That's that's kind of been the point. That's kind of been the way he's been playing all season. Uh, but two steals, a block, two assists, two rebounds. Um, kind of doing it all defensively, doing a lot defensively, getting deflections, taking charges. Uh, he he was caught a couple of times uh, guarding bigger people in the post and doing an effective job at it. Yeah, Caruso, and, he, and of course he had a dunk. And so Caruso is absolutely being the player that we need him to be, the spark plug that we need him to be. He's 
he had a great solid line tonight at nine points. But back to Kyle Kuzma, that's where I started. Um, he underperformed a little bit. He shot three for seven, missed all of his three-point attempts, three rebounds, one assist, four turnovers. So it's a lot of turnovers for Kyle Kuzma considering what you want from him is you want him to be that slasher or you want him to be an open guy on the kickout. While he can handle the ball, I don't feel like you necessarily want him to handle the ball enough to where he's having four turnovers. Now, an efficient game with low turnovers was the story in game one. 23 collective turnovers tonight for the Lakers. That's a little bit too much. They were handling the ball really sloppy in the first quarter. That first quarter was great defensively. Held the Nuggets to 21 points. And they scored 29. Despite 29 being a good amount of points in the first quarter, they shot really horrible. And what that tells you is, yeah, defensively, they were getting a lot of shots. They were just missing a lot of them. And that kind of ended up being the tail of the tape for the second half. But, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, you definitely need a little bit more out of him. More than eight points. He's had... He's had a good good split versus the Denver Nuggets this season. He even had that game winner. So as much confidence as he should have against this team, you definitely need a little bit more out of him. And, yeah, finally off the bench of, of the rotation guys who played. Actually, this is the last person who played. Uh, I think Rondo had a, he had a solid game. He didn't quite have that playoff Rondo game like he did in game two and game three against the Rockets but I feel like that game's coming and that's only going to serve to help the Lakers more but nine assists for our guy Rondo tonight five turnovers was kind of a lot four rebounds made a three he's shooting well well over 40 percent from three in the bubble and he kind of has has done so in the playoffs the last uh, last couple years that was, however, his only basket. And so, yeah, he was he was doing a good job running the offense, getting players the way they needed to be. There wasn't as much standing around as you tend to see sometimes when the Lakers play a little bit stagnant. I think with this one, I feel like the biggest problem offensively, because as a team, 37 of 83, 44%, that's not bad field goal percentage overall as a team, and 18 and 19 free throws. Love to see that, especially with the problems that they've been having in free throws uh, in the bubble. 18 and 19 is outstanding. So, but you can't go 13 and 36. you, you got to make a few, you got to shoot a slightly higher percentage from three, I think, if you, if you want to truly have success, which they did. They won the game. But let's go over and look at Denver's side. So, Jokic had 21 points in the first game. He had 30 this one. He finally was able to kind of have his Jokic game. He had 30 points. He had nine assists. It's pretty much what it's pretty much what he does, especially in the playoffs. Four steals. Doesn't get any blocks, so that's not surprising. Doesn't get a ton of rebounds. He plays in a way. Not quite as annoying as James Harden, but he plays in a way that does get himself to the free throw line. So 11 of 12 there, but 9 for 20 overall, but still 
This is the Jokic game. This is one of those frustrating games. He'll he takes those weird spinning one-handed or one-legged fadeaways, a la Dirk Nowitzki. I don't know how in the heck he makes them, but he does. Uh, 44 minutes for Jamal Murray at 25 points. He shot eight for 19. Despite that sub 50%, yeah, he was being he was being handled on defense. I think enough. Like I think this is to the point where I think Murray and Jokic are going to get theirs, no matter how you guard them. And so to hold him to 25, especially when when we've seen that he's capable of exploding for 40 and 50 points, that's sort of where you want this team to be. Some of the surprises for the Nuggets ended up being. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had 15 points. Uh, I, I, sent out, I sent out a joking tweet where whenever Kyle Kuzma and Michael Porter Jr. square up against each other, it's like that Spider-Man pointing at each other meme. They play really similar games. And tonight it was Porter with 15 versus Kuzma who had 8. And that kind of seemed to be the difference as far as the comeback. Porter played a really great game. Kuzma could have done better. Paul Millsap continues to struggle. He had six points overall, but he did get a lot of rebounds. I feel like Paul Millsap's going to have a good game at some point in this series because he, he, had, he had a really great series against the Clippers, and he's such a savvy veteran. He's played against LeBron in the playoffs a number of times, so you know he's not intimidated by that. Yeah, I think I think he's going to have a great game. Uh, the surprise for the Nuggets tonight did come in the form of Monte Morris. Now, with all, despite only, there only being nine points, that's kind of a lot for him. And he shot three for four, one for one from three. Him and Philip Dozier. Dozier, Dozier only had three points, but Dozier was getting a lot done defensively. He was he was absorbing a lot of fouls. Those two guys were spark plugs off the bench for the Nuggets, and they need more of that if they. More opportunity to see success against the Lakers, but so back to LeBron and Anthony Davis and their box scores. Now LeBron had a twenty-point first half. The way that this game started, LeBron seemed really locked in, and he seemed to want to get everyone involved. But it didn't seem as if the Lakers, want, the rest of the Lakers, were kind of on that same page. So he ended up after a few minutes having to score the first seven points all by himself. And he was trying to get people involved and ended up with a 20-point first half. Now, when he's got a 20-point first half, you got to figure he's going to end with, like, 36 for the, for the game, maybe even match that first half and come up with 40. Finish the game at 26. Now, I don't necessarily think it's his fault necessarily. Charles Barkley had a lot of criticism to of Anthony Davis from the first half because he wasn't aggressive enough. He wasn't putting up a lot of shots. The way I read the first half, the Lakers were playing great defensive. And I think all of the Lakers were playing within pace, including LeBron. And so the pace of the game dictated that LeBron was going to score the 20 points. He was going to get was going to get a few of his assists in that first half. He finished with four, for, four assists for the game, so that's not ideal. But the pace of that first half just didn't really necess- necessitate Anthony Davis having a monster first half. And so that's okay. It's not necessarily a fault on him. The fact that Anthony Davis was able to bounce back in that second half and not just score that buzzer beater, 
He scored the last 10 points for the Lakers. And that's some LeBron-type stuff. That's You think of LeBron scoring the final 25 points for his game in his playoff career high versus Detroit all those years ago. This is Anthony Davis's first career signature playoff moment. He's been playing well this whole playoffs. But for a player on a superstar level, you got to think of their moments in the playoffs. You know, Kobe's got a ton of them. Buzz beater against the Suns, so he's clenching his fist. Alley-oop to, uh, to Shaq against Portland. Like, tons and tons of moments. Anthony Davis hasn't really had a lot of moments in the first half, or, or moments in the playoffs, excuse me. Uh, this is his first, like, signature moment. He's had, he's had a lot of good games in the playoffs, but yeah, first big moment. And so, yeah, the fact that he was able to come back and do that in the second half, yeah, he finished with 31 and 9 rebounds, right in line with what he averages against these Nuggets. And so I still maintain that this series has to be Anthony Davis' series. Just because he's played so well against the Nuggets, I think he matches up so well against Jokic. Yeah. Anthony Davis has to be the guy for the series. And, yeah, I think LeBron can be the guy for the finals if they can get that far. They're just now two games away. So it's, we're getting to the point now where we can start to envision it a little bit more. I don't, I don't, you know, for the sake of karma, like to envision or say that the Lakers have this thing sewn up because this game showed us that they, in fact, don't have anything sewn up. But yeah, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks for Anthony Davis, and 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks to go with those 26 points for LeBron James. So as I like to do, and so as I like to do for the playoffs, talk about what's going to happen next. But before we talk about what's going to happen next, we've got to talk about Manscaped. So you've heard us talk before about the Lawnmower 3.0, and I am here to tell you that it is legit. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you confidence, to give you a confidence boost through body image. They have ceramic blades that that have skin-safe technology that are designed to reduce nicks or tucks on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof, and it comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. In addition to that, if you get the Perfect Package 3.0, that also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is a ball deodorant, and let me tell you that that is important. You also get the Crop Reviver, which is a ball toning spray. Both super practical, both smell amazing, don't take my word for it. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxer briefs. These boxer briefs are cooling, and they might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. They have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. And when you order, if you use the promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, try that one more time, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, you get 20% off plus free shipping, which is like an extra $5 sometimes. 
Manscaped.com, promo code HoopBall. You get 20% off and free shipping, Manscaped.com. So, yeah, as I like to do when talking about playoff games, I always talk, and looking ahead to the next game, I talk about what's replicable, what's likely to happen again, what's likely to not happen again. So, taking a look at this box score in particular, and one of, if not the most important player of the playoffs, of every playoffs, LeBron James. You get a figure from him for the next game. About 26 points might be about what you see from what you saw in that first half. He's playing like that pissed-off superstar that should have won the MVP. Didn't see that so much in the second half. And if I had to guess, despite the Lakers not underestimating this Nuggets team, despite this Nuggets team having the reputation of being the comeback kids, that game one was pretty easy for the Lakers, and that first half was probably even easier for the Lakers, especially defensively. And so I think despite all of their promises and all of their their words to not take this team lightly, I feel like that's what happened in the second half. And so right off the bat, that's probably not going to happen in the second game. The Nuggets might have awoken to Sleeping Bear in in almost coming back from this game, that, that surely the Lakers privately think they can sweep despite their immense respect for the Nuggets. I feel like a lot of people think this should be a four-game sweep. And, yeah, I feel like they took the Nuggets a little bit lightly in that second half, especially the way that LeBron only put up six points in that second half. And so in Game 3, I expect to see a more balanced game from LeBron. I don't – he's probably at that age in his career to where a full, you know, a full game effort from him is probably he could deliver it and he could deliver it consistently. He probably can't deliver it game to game. And I think when he has, when he has an effort like that in the first half, in the second half, when you've got a guy like Anthony Davis, yeah, let, let Anthony Davis go off in the second half. But I feel like the next game, the both of them have to have more balanced halves. I think when the both of them are dominating equally in both, both halves, that does kind of tend to bleed toward the rest of the team. And I think especially a guy like Kyle Kuzma, younger guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, who's probably not going to see a lot of minutes in this series, but guys like Markeith Morris, Caruso especially, yeah, though that's when you'll see them shine a little bit more. So definitely more assists from LeBron. He only had four assists in this game. This is kind of what he's established his whole career on, as being a pass-first guy. For him to only have four assists in a playoff game is kind of kind of unheard of. I don't don't know how often he's had assist numbers that low, but it can't be that that many. Probably expect more from the same from Anthony Davis. I wouldn't expect too much of a change. Thirty-one and nine is right right in line with his average against this team. What you've got to see more of from different Lakers. I don't mind the 11 points from Danny Green. If those 11 points came with a few less misses, that'd be fine. You know, he shot 14. He, he put up 14 shots. I don't. They definitely don't need him to go 10 for 14 and have a 30-point game or anything like that. But a few, a few less misses, but 11 points is good for Danny Green. KCP, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> don't do anything different. Don't do anything more. Do more if it's if it's available to you. Don't don't do you know don't do too much. Markeith Morris, if you're only going to get nine minutes, you've got to got to do a little bit more than, than zeros across the board. 
Kyle Kuzma's got to play better, obviously. I think he's going to play better. Uh, he's going to put up more than eight points, if I had to guess. Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee probably should stay about the same. I think I think 13 points from Dwight Howard in game one was a little bit of an aberration and an outlier. Maybe he might be capable of, of hitting double digits again, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, Rondo scoring more is probably what you're looking forward to, although if, if he's getting nine assists, whatever points he gives you, I think is just kind of icing on the cake, especially if he's only if he's only putting up three field goals like he did tonight. So he had nine assists, but he only put up three shots, and that's kind of what you want from Rondo. You don't want him to shoot too much. I feel like if Rondo's putting up, you know, eight, nine shots in a game, that's not going to be ideal. Although if he hits four of them, that's perfectly fine. Uh, Caruso, our guy Caruso, love him. Everyone loves him, except for people that hate the Lakers. They absolutely hate Caruso. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we would definitely love for you to hit at a higher percentage from three. Don't know why that's not happening. I can't stop talking about that. It's a mystery to me just because career-wise he's been way better than the 15 20% he's been shooting. But he's our guy, and we love him. Keep doing what you're doing, Caruso. I wouldn't expect... With the game plan as is, I wouldn't expect too much to change with how they're approaching Jamal Murray. So if he's going to continue to get between 20 and 25, maybe even as high as 30, I feel like that's okay. If As long as he's not going to explode for 40 or 50, I think that's fine. Because I feel like the Lakers have been containing enough of the rest of the Nuggets to, to kind of you know, nullify whatever it is that Murray does. Same with Jokic. I think the game plan on Jokic has been has been working. You know, he got nine assists this game. They kind of need to go back and focus on how they kind of limited him to two assists in that first game, but he is a really great player, and to consistently limit a guy like that night to night is extremely hard. And so, you know, containment is the key what you need to stop and what you need to be wary of is a guy like Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. in this playoffs has proven he's capable of exploding for 30 points. If he comes off the bench and he has a game like that, it's it's over for the Lakers. But he had 15 tonight. I think containing him is good. He He's the kind of guy, he's a rookie, and this is a huge moment for him. And... He's definitely stepping up, and he's clearly not afraid, but at the same point, he is still young, and this is his first time in this situation. And so, you know, expect some growing pains from him. If, if he were to come out of this and just shine, more power to him. I think he's going to end up being a fantastic player in this league. I think if Denver can hold on to this nucleus of Jokic, Murray, and Porter Jr., they are going to be a problem for years to come. I wouldn't expect as much productivity from Morris and Dozier as you got tonight, 12 points collectively between those two. You want less of that. Jeremy Grant has been kind of muted in this series as well as Paul Millsap. That could be due to the that could be due to the big front court that the Lakers 
you know, set up. Those guys haven't exactly been people who are capable of lighting up the scoreboard, but you got to expect that there's going to be more than six or seven points from them. So clearly the key for the next game for the Lakers is to continue to take this team extremely seriously. They, the Denver Nuggets are not afraid. I'm sure at this point with the way some of the Lakers were, were trash-talking in this game, I'm sure they're a little pissed off. And so, yeah, what you want from the Lakers team in Game 3 is to continue to take this team seriously. They're good. They got here for a reason. They didn't get here for a fluke. They beat the Los Angeles Clippers. The Los Angeles Clippers were one of the better teams throughout the season. Kawhi Leonard has been the guy that a lot of people said is ready to take the crown from LeBron. Paul George has been a great player throughout his career. They had the sixth man of the year. They've had a multiple-time sixth man of the year in Lou Williams, who's capable of scoring a lot off the bench. Pat Bev is a great defender. Like, the Nuggets beat them, and they beat them soundly. So they deserve to be here. So here's hoping that the Lakers continue to take them seriously for Game 3. And that's going to about wrap it up for this edition of Hoopball Lakers. You can find me on Twitter at jcdeleon1. That's also my Instagram handle. You can follow Ethan Noroff on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. That's N-O-R-O-F with one F. And follow Hoopball Tweets for links to all the different Hoopball accounts that we have. There's a brand new Hoopball Heat Show that I'm really excited about because despite how much I love the Los Angeles Lakers, I am an all-encompassing NBA fan. And one of the teams that I've enjoyed watching a lot this season has been the Miami Heat. And I really don't hope I really hope that the Lakers don't have to play them. In the finals, just because uh, it'd be hard to root against that Heat team, even though I absolutely will if that's who the Lakers play. Uh, on a side note, how weird would it be if the first NBA Finals since Kobe's untimely passing would be a Lakers versus Celtics Finals? That would be that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy, and maybe maybe more evidence that there's. There's, you know, there's outside forces at work behind this team. This this Lakers team could be a team of destiny, despite extremely, extremely unfortunate circumstances. Uh, R.I.P. to our guy Kobe. Uh, Anthony Davis shouted Kobe's name after he made that game winner. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> sorry to bring everyone down at the end of this episode. Uh, on that note, um, yeah, follow all of our Twitter handles, and we look forward to Game 3. Hopefully it's another win. We out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.